This is Cassie. And this is Jessie. And you are listening to Perched on the Top Rope. The following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome everyone to Perched on the Top Rope. It's me, it's me. I am your host, former dirt sheet writer from Ringside News, Sports Kita, The Sportster, The Richest. And at one point I was going to go to Wrestling Inc. and uh, never wrote an article. My name is Lee Walker. I am joined by the Perched Correspondent. Perched on the top shelf co-host for all you figure collectors out there. The man with a plan. The man who's anywhere and everywhere from the tri-state area of New York, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania. You name it, he's there. If there's a wrestling event, you'll see him. He's perched on the top ropes. Justin Largito. What's up, guys? Justin here today. Excited to talk about this pretty exciting time in wrestling right now. But before we get into it, Lee, what an introduction. I feel like I just walked down for the main event of WrestleMania just now. You know, if there was a red carpet for WrestleMania, you were just on it, dude. That was a great introduction. I got to do the Barry Horowitz and pat myself on the back on that one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, for those of you who can't see, I've got three important boxes in front of me. We are doing a bonus Perched on the top shelf unboxing after this episode. You'll be able to see that on YouTube, ladies and gentlemen, at youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. Justin, you brought up that there's a lot of exciting news in wrestling. In the last few weeks, as we've talked on this show, that Triple H has really stepped up the game of WWE. No pun intended, folks. Absolutely crazy. It's been an awesome few weeks of wrestling. And Justin, since SummerSlam, we have seen nonstop returns out of WWE. Yeah, Triple H is slowly painting WWE black and gold by the looks of it, and I have no issues with it at all. You know, a lot of these returns we've seen, I, I, I haven't seen coming like Dakota Kai, and, and obviously with how last minute it was at SummerSlam, you know, none of us knew. No reports came out, nothing, no photos leaked to Dakota Kai in the area. But we had more returns even on SmackDown and Raw this past week, which were pretty notable. Oh, dude, absolutely. You know, so I think it was great to see Dakota Kai back since she was somebody who did not re-sign her contract. And uh, part of the last round of releases, they they just let her, said, see ya, bye. Um and Io Sky, who we all know is Io Shirai, with the name change. I think it's awesome that that they're back. Uh, Io being a call-up from NXT itself. I really didn't see her fitting in this new brand of NXT. And a lot of the old black and gold people uh, aren't, aren't a good fit to NXT 2.0. So I was glad to see Io back. Dakota shocked everybody knew it no one saw it coming nobody knew the fact that no one saw her at an airport no one saw her anywhere like they had to keep that really uh close to them so they they had to have 
you know, kind of kept her hidden and not, not let her talk about it, which is, which is incredible. I'm glad that she's back. She was a tremendous force on NXT. She was really coming into her own in NXT before all the changes started to happen and she got lost in the shuffle. So I'm glad to see for EO and Dakota Kai that they're being paired with a notable veteran being Bailey. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, EO, like you said, she didn't really fit into the whole NXT 2.0 branding. She, she had done everything she could do in NXT. It was time for the call-up. She, you know, former NXT Women's Champion, Tag Team Champion, won the Dusty Classic just this past a past March. You know, there was, there was nothing left for her to do. And, you know, it was a shame to hear the rumors of that she was looking to have one foot out the door and be gone from the company. But I'm glad with the shakeup behind the scenes, that's kind of changed her mind and changed her perspective about coming to the main roster. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Triple H. Thank you. We have more names than than just those two. We, we've talked about them on uh, episode 97 and episode 98. You can go to Apple Podcasts, perch on the top rope, and check those out. A big shocker here. Coming with the bloodline and that whole Drew McIntyre thing. We know that he's going to face Roman at Clash at the Castle. It's in his hometown. It's a classic SummerSlam, Bret Hart versus Davy Boy Smith for the mm-hmm. Intercontinental Championship. That was in Davy. That was in England. That was in Davy Boy Smith's hometown. I realistically cannot see any way that Drew loses the match. That was until an attack happened. We heard that music hit a very familiar sound, distinct. The fog rolled in. You're kind of looking around. You know, you're turning the corners. The cameraman didn't know what was going on. Drew didn't know what was going on. Roman Reigns didn't know what was going on. And out from the fog comes Karrion Cross. Now, let's not negate the fact that we overlook Scarlet. She actually came out in her thing when that entrance first hits but no one was really paying attention to that all eyes were on carrion and damn did he look good he attacked drew mcintyre scarlet comes down and all we're seeing is tiktok 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 pointing at roman reigns now we here at perched on the top rope take great pride in the fact that we were the first when carrion and Scarlet were released from WWE. We brought them to Baltimore Celeb Fest 4. Uh, that was their first appearance together outside of WWE together. Scarlet was released, but she could start taking bookings earlier. And she had been booking, 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 if you remember, Justin. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as as soon as Carrion, his 90 days were up, this was literally like a day or two later that we were in Baltimore with him and, and Scarlet. Yeah, this was very, very shocking. Not the fact that they would be interested in bringing Cross and Scarlet back, but the fact that it happened so soon and so out of nowhere. Because I I first started seeing reports of interest in bringing Cross and Scarlet back at the beginning of SmackDown while it was on the air. 
I was not at any point expecting to see Cross and Scarlet by the end of the show in a segment with the two guys in the main event of this 70,000 people plus stadium in the UK in September. You know, I'm, I will say this. I'm happy Cross is getting another chance. I've never seen somebody called up to the main roster who had been done so dirty by the fucking company. You know, everything that made Karrion Cross cool at NXT, the second he got to Raw, they stripped it away from him. Here, we're taking Scarlet. Here, we're taking your entrance. Here, put this helmet on. Put these bondage straps on. Do this, do that. It didn't work. And then you knew it wasn't going to work. And I didn't even bring up the fact that they had Jeff Hardy beat him in 90 seconds in his debut on Raw when he had the NXT title. You know, that, that doesn't even do good for that title when you have a guy coming down to the ring and losing in 90 seconds. But I'm happy to see him back. I'm not going to lie. I'm not the biggest cross fan. I like the guy. I think he's going to be a big star for the company. And like you said, Lee, nobody was really paying attention to Scarlett up until she came down to ringside. And that was what I realized that she was even there. Cause I didn't even have her in my head, but yeah. When I saw, when I saw the entrance of everything at first, I thought it was like just part of like the, the entrance and at first I thought maybe she wasn't standing there, but then like, I was like, no, that wouldn't make sense. There's no like Titan Tron type style thing there. It's just a walkout. Mm-hmm. And I really, I was like, Oh, Oh, that's her. But all eyes were on Carrion. Oh yeah. They were, they were on her, you know, they were on him 100%. Uh, eyes weren't on her until she came down ringside. Like you said, I'm, I'm a fan of Carrion. You know, he had said in in interviews when it came to WWE getting called up to the main roster, he didn't question anything. He he went with emotions. He didn't speak up. Uh, so hopefully there there there's there's going to be more of himself voicing concerns, which you know we'd seen him in MLW. He had done a stint with uh, AWs and and MLW, I guess, because he's he's working in both. Uh, Parker, former. Uh, WWE mm-hmm. NXT, uh, what was what do you go by Harlan? Harlan, yep. Yeah, um, and and now he totally looks like Brock Lesnar, and we'll talk about that when we get to AEW. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> you know. Um, anyway, man, it just like kind of made me laugh inside. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know when it when it comes to when it comes to this, I'm happy for Carrion, and especially this jump being pushed right into the main main event scene. It looks like. He's a big dude, athletic, great build. Uh, It's actually what Vince McMahon, you would think, would have wanted in WWE because he likes those bigger guys, the bigger athletic ones. And it didn't pan out for whatever reason. And and it's a second chance. Make the most of it. Best of luck, Karrion. We're rooting for you. Yeah, and look, I'll tell you why it it didn't pan out. For some reason, when Vince was in charge, every time someone would come up from NXT to the main roster, okay, everything that you did in NXT doesn't matter. I don't care if this this is what makes you cool. I'm taking it away because I didn't come up with it. And then they got to change everything about them. Look, Look at some of the people who have come up. I mean, look at Keith Lee, for example, when they brought him up, when it was still in the Thunderdome era. You know, they put him in a shirt. They changed his music. They just wouldn't let Keith Lee be Keith Lee. 
You know, they wanted him to work more of a big man style too, opposed to doing any kind of athletic moves such as, you know, the flips and things that a guy like Keith Lee's size shouldn't be able to do. But, you know, to praise Keith Lee, I mean, he does it. But, you know, they didn't want him to do that. They wanted him to work more like a big man, and that it didn't work for him either. And I'll agree to that. But the other the other issue was, if I remember correctly, they wanted him to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Yep. Especially after that heart scare. You know, WWE has always taken that stuff seriously. Uh, another example would be Yokozuna. If you remember Rodney Anawahi, they sent him to special camps and things like that to try and lose weight. And it just didn't stick for him. And he, he, and Jim Ross had openly talked about it, that uh, Rodney would up and leave to go get whatever food he wanted. You know, it's a sad thing, you know, especially when you have like, you know, heart scare like that, you know, where that, that can be very serious. You need to kind of think about, do I, I would say he needs to lose weight. I don't care if you're athletic and gifted the way that he is. He's also big in a bad way. Oh yeah. And there's no, there's no disputing that. Even when he first showed up in AEW, he definitely looked a little bigger than he was before when he was in WB. Yeah. yeah. It looks like he's kind of gotten that under control now to a point. And you know, he's doing good in AEW. So good for him. I just, you know, I wish it would have panned out in WB a little bit more for him. I do too. Cause like, you know, who looks phenomenal. Gunter. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, what a what a transformation. Holy dude. shit. I mean, I was a little afraid at first that like it would be so drastic that it would affect the way we perceive him. Because he's not really a big guy anymore, realistically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when that hand would come down with his size and everything. And you would hear that hand slap the skin so hard. You would cringe and, and, and shake and, and then see the welt of the hand. And it just, I was afraid it would take away from that. It really hasn't to an extent, but He's getting to a point also where I think it's a little too much because do you remember how Butch was? Yes. You know, when Butch first came in to NXT UK, Pete Dunn, everybody, um, he had, he, he wasn't, I wouldn't say fat, but he, he wasn't defined or anything like that. Like you yeah, could see yeah. in his singlet. You could see the under part of his stomach and everything, you know, the line there type deal that us dad bods have. And then, you know, you look at him now and it's just like, is the rest of him coming out? Like, <laughs> like I'm not, I don't want to like fat shame and like skinny shame people, but for the, the sport of sports entertainment, and the professional wrestling aspect side. I mean, Gunter with his height, like it's fine, but I, I, I like him around the, a, a little heavier mark because it was part of who, who the character was realistically. It was really part of the character. His size yeah, yeah. was part of the character in my opinion. 
and, and now that's not there. So it's kind of like, uh, I was afraid like it would take away from the slap and it seemingly hasn't, he can still do all his moves. I just, I saw it as a better fit, but he looks phenomenal and for health purposes, good for him. And same for Pete for health purposes, good for him. But his is more drastic than I think Gunter's is. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, don't mean to get off topic, but <laughs> it's just it's it's something I notice. And when it comes to Keith Lee, like that could have been Keith Lee's spot. He could be the Intercontinental Champion right now if he was, you know, willing to make the change. Yeah. And if you remember, Keith Lee was set to win the United States title uh, right before WrestleMania last year. Yeah. But that's when all the health issues came in and he had to be pulled. Yeah. You know, and, and I hope for his sake that with the health, re- you know, the health stuff and everything that that gets under control before it gets worse. Yeah, definitely. Now, we've talked about the returns at SummerSlam, we talked about the recent return at SmackDown. This past Monday Night Raw, dude, was like kind of strange for everybody, I would say. If you remember, Kevin Owens had a match against Ezekiel, not Elias, or Elias's little brother. Or Elrod. Oh, yeah, and it really wasn't even a match. And the part that shocked me was the fact that Ezekiel didn't even get an entrance on television. So I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. That's also kind of a sign that, like, we're over this. We're over you. Like, you're not over. Like, if you remember, that would happen to, like, Zack Ryder and, and all the time. Mm-hmm is he would call the floating entrance, just randomly appear in the ring. <laughs> um, you know, like, just absolutely crazy. So you see Kevin Owens walk down, and I, I thought to myself, I thought they were done with this. I thought they ended all this, but I was like, okay, I guess not. But he came down to the ring, and it just was a different vibe from Kevin Owens. And he just, he got in the ring, just didn't hesitate. He decimated Ezekiel. Like, just beat the living hell out of him. And that that apron powerbomb that he does, I'm sorry, but I've got got scoliosis, so seeing that, I'm just like, no, it feels like it. It doesn't feel good, I bet. So, We see Ezekiel get all stretchered out. The ref goes for the X. And I'm pretty sure we're not seeing Ezekiel for a while. I think that's pretty safe to say with what we saw Monday night. (laughs) I don't really know what they do from here. Justin, what do you you think they're going to do with Ezekiel? So... When it comes to Ezekiel, do they... Because this, to me, this seems like a way to write him off to repackage him. And 
when it comes to repackaging somebody like Ezekiel, who hasn't really even been there that long under this character, you know, is it too soon? Do they just keep him off TV for a year again and have him grow out his beard, have him grow out his hair, and, oh, Elias is back, who the hell is Ezekiel by WrestleMania time next year? You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't foresee him being, you know, cut. I don't foresee him being released. But obviously Triple H isn't a fan of this character. I think that's safe to say. And when it comes to Kevin Owens, I will say I'm glad we have the Kevin Owens. You know, he gave that vibe when he first debuted in NXT. He didn't care. He's fighting for his family. You know, he he does he's not going to wait at the back of the line anymore. He's not waiting for his shot. He's going to take it. I'm glad to see we have that version of Kevin Owens back. I think he's going to be set for a big push going into the end of the year and into WrestleMania season. But we'll see where they go. I don't know who he could feud with right now. Because, you know, you have Cross and McIntyre kind of in the world title picture right now. So we'll see. But I have high hopes for Kevin Owens going forward. Yeah, I do too. It seems like he he's going to get a push here. And I'm happy. I, I I did a show botched uh, spots and chair shots, and I had to fantasy book for Kevin Owens. And and I'm I'm glad that WWE's done this because I'll I'll share what what I had said on on the show. Because you only had a minute. It was like a time like game type deal. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna slow it down though. I'm not I'm not rushing myself on this. So my thought process was. When it comes to Kevin Owens, since he was doing the conspiracy stuff with Ezekiel, put him back in a tag team with Sami Zayn and give them some sort of like conspiracy type name to the team with like different music, like a kind of like Twilight Zoney, uh, like conspiracy, you know, okay. anything that you of like that those conspiracy shows use type deal like ancient yeah. aliens all those type shows so i said put them in a tag team together but instead of like making them a comedy act make it a very serious role uh and the first thing that you could do with it would be like go to the inner workings of wwe like we have all this stuff right now with vince mcmahon right have them dig into like like stuff like that inner workings of the company, like have them like go into a boardroom and like put a thing above the table, you know, and when, you know, when Adam Pierce would come out and do this or do that, you know, how they do on SmackDown with him and and seemingly raw a little bit have, him say stuff in a board meeting about pushing somebody or you know firing somebody and have them like play that to the person like in the middle of the ring after they beat them in a match or like before they are about to have a match with them to like let them know like hey just so you know if you don't win this listen to this and then have them play it type deal but then I thought also it would be great for you know, the tag team division because there's not a lot of tag teams and the Usos right now are are desperate to find 
you know, anybody to compete against them. And it seems like the Viking Raiders right now seemingly be the, the are going to be a, a good factor in here, the way they've been working them. But my thought process was why not dig dirt on WWE itself? Like maybe the referee that night uh, and say, look, you don't pull the, like a Montreal screw job. We're going to release this. And then everybody's going to know. And that's how they win the tag team titles. And then that's how you create a long-term feud between the two. Since there's no, there's not a lot of teams in the tag team division. So that was my thought process on how to book Kevin Owens right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you hear the storyline today, it sounds really, really good that it could be, it could be, it could be something there. You just need the right tag team for it. And I thought Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn could be the ones to pull that off since they were already doing this conspiracy stuff a little bit. Yeah. The- and that That's definitely an interesting concept for a gimmick. And, you know, you could easily break Sami Zayn off to be with Kevin Owens, especially with what he's doing now with the Usos on TV. Yeah. You know, so I thought it was just something that was, interesting and cool and they needed something i didn't expect a kevin owens to come out the way he did and 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 just dominate so back to the point later we see uh kevin do an interview and, and and said basically what you said i don't care blah 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 i'm not waiting blah 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 i'm here to kick ass yada yada now, the, the whole thing during this, outside of a lot, Ezekiel is gone, is the fact that in the background of this segment with Kevin Owens, there was a car crash. You could see a police officer uh, talking to somebody. And then you could see Nikki A.S.H. and Dewdrop there. Now we're in a group chat, folks, and I, you know, we, we're typing right away to each other about it. And it was just really, really weird because, like, the way Dewdrop and Nikki were like looking back to the cameras, it was almost like they shouldn't have been there, or that maybe WWE filmed something they shouldn't have. Was like a vibe I was getting, but it had the whole internet buzzing. This car had the whole internet buzzing. And then Justin, later on, we see Asuka and Alexa Bliss seemingly in about the same spot that Kevin Owens was. And there's that car again getting towed. Mm -hmm. Uh, The only weird thing about it was the way that like WWE security ran to the like past the camera. At first I thought, Oh, maybe they shouldn't be there and that's why they're running. But then I also thought, well, why wouldn't you just run off camera and not towards it? Yeah. Like after that segment, it was to me, it was obvious. Like this car is there for a reason. There's no, there's no way that, that they just put this car in this same position for both segments, and then you have security and officers running by, and then the segment just ends. Like it doesn't happen like that. Yeah. So there, there was some something to this car that we didn't know at this point yet. 
Yeah. So we don't know what, what this was, but now it's seemingly, okay, there, there's more to this than meets the eye. And I'm thinking it's something to do with the women's division because we have do drop and Nikki ASH, ASH standing there. And you're mm-hmm. like, well, okay. So I'm like, what could be the big deal? And at first with them standing there, I thought maybe it was, it could have been Sasha Banks and Naomi there to crash raw. Mm-hmm. That was my fault. Since they, since they had made, the announce, you know, they they announced the whole tag team uh, tournament for the women's, and I thought they were, you know, there they were gonna, you know, run into the ring, crash it, and be like, yeah, we're take, you know, and take a team out, and and then announce themselves in the tournament type deal. Uh, that wasn't the case. Raw's main event is where we find out. Seemingly, I would say why that car was there, but it's also not answered either. So AJ Styles is in the main event. He wins the match. But it was the weird fan interaction that happened. Actually, I really even shouldn't say fan. It was due to, in theory, former NXT star Dexter Loomis had seemingly tried to get into the ring. As we saw security pulling him back, everybody was like, is that Dexter Loomis? So, Justin, I would say that Dexter Loomis is back in WWE. I think that's a safe bet. I would also say that the car crash was him. Me as well. Uh, WWE hasn't announced that yet or brought any of that up, but I'm I'm seemingly willing to bet that Dexter Loomis crashed the car, said screw it, ran to the ring, and was going to attack AJ Styles. By the way, this is great storytelling that they did. Like it completely ignoring the car in the background and everything. But as you said, by that second segment, you kind of knew, okay, something's up. So now we know why security ran from the car towards the camera. They were running to the ring for Dexter Loomis. Yep. I'm very excited for this. A lot of people had thought that it was going to be uh, Johnny Gargano because it was in Ohio you know, that's where Gargano is from. It was in his hometown, this and that. Unfortunately, it wasn't him, but we got Dexter Loomis, which is a great get. And we had learned literally, I think, like a, that day. That night, yeah. That uh, WWE or Triple H had been looking to bring Dexter back, but also Johnny Gargano. And I think this will be the this will be the landing spot for Johnny Gargano eventually now that things have changed so much in WWE. Yeah. And, you know, we usually don't, this stuff usually happens just in after the show and we always get mad about it. The rumors going around right now that WWE and Bray Wyatt have come to terms to a contract and that he's signed. 
I know one person who will be happy. <sighs> yeah. But does he have holes in the back of the dolls like he does with Lily? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You know, you know why there's those little openings on the knuckles on the hurt and heel gloves? Yeah, they're there for a reason. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh. Yeah, if if they have come to terms with uh with a deal for Bray Wyatt to come back, you know. I like I said with a lot of these guys, like a carrying cross, I hope it works out better because he got really fucked with that fiend character the first time and i don't even think it was the hell in a cell match that really fucked him with seth rollins or even the match with goldberg i think it hurt him a lot that match with goldberg but i think his last appearance on tv was what killed him the most he lost to fucking alexa bliss having goo dripping from her face she had goo dripping from her face lee and he took his eyes off the ball he lost yeah yeah I, I mean they did a lot of things wrong with the character and um fightful had put out a report when it came to to bray wyatt with this was um they think the reason why vince mcmahon saw bray as a as an issue to work with was because if he thought it sucked he would say it you know, he had, he, he would voice himself about his character. So when it came to that, sadly, Vince just said, okay, I can't work with him. And he can't work with him because he doesn't want to, it's not his idea. In my honest opinion was I thought that, that it was going great with him at first until like, it made no sense for him to lose to Goldberg. Like, why? Absolutely not. I will and, never defend that choice. No, but if you watch, there's no way that you cannot tell me that Bray Wyatt fucking sandbagged that man. He sandbagged Goldberg. And you know where he sandbagged him? Right on the jackhammer. Oh, yeah. He gave him no ounce of leverage. It was basically just a suplex. You want this fucking title, boy? You're lifting me up. <laughs> yeah. You know, he made him he made him earn it on that one. But you know, hey. Here's my next question. How are you how are you booking Bray's return? He's he's gotta be in some kind of main event slot if he comes back, man. You know, he's gotta be I hate to like make comparisons to The Undertaker and with characters, those darker kind of characters, because I I just feel like The Undertaker is a separate entity all on his own, and I don't think it should be compared to. But the best way I can say, similar to an Undertaker hybrid with Bray, you know, how he was when he first debuted, the cult leader with Rowan and Harper, similar to that. And I think he has to make some kind of big splash if he does come back. He has to lay somebody out who has some kind of name, some kind of relevance on the show. He can't come back and fucking lay out the Miz. That's not going to do anything. Everyone beats the fucking Miz. You know? Logan Paul beat the fucking Miz. <laughs> Fair enough. So, okay. Here's how I'm going to do it. Drew McIntyre 
Roman Reigns Clash of the Champions. That's your main event. Mm-hmm. Huh. I mean, let's face it. Roman Reigns is a hot guy right now. He's got he's got the unified belt. So I mean, that's that. There it is. You have that man. Lights out. Middle of the match. Lights out. You look to the Titan Tron. There's that lantern. And there's Bray. We're here. That iconic music of his hits. Catching flies. And, and you know, everyone's got their phone out. And you know they're going to sing to it. And this and that. You're waiting for him to walk down to the ring. But there's no lights. It's just pitch black still. Mm -hmm. Boom. You hit those lights. He's kissing Roman on the head. Boom. That finishing move. Ref rings the bell. It, it, it's a, it, it, for a DQ, right? There, there's no, it's just a regular match, right? Mm -hmm. They're having, yeah. Ref calls for the DQ. Drew spins Bray around. Boom. Mandible claw right on him. Bring him to the ground. You necessarily don't have to make him the fiend. I, I don't know if that's what he wants. I know I don't want to see him playing with fucking puppets again, to be honest with you. Like, I don't want the Firefly Funhouse stuff, even though we met him, dude. We met him. Mm -hmm. And we'll, we'll talk about that. But I, I'd like to see him come back as what he originally was as Bray Wyatt. You can You can have the tendencies and still bring the evil and horror that the fiend had. It all depends what they're going to do, but that's how I would book him. I mean, that's a really strong booking right there. You just had him, you know. We seemingly had no challengers for Roman, which has been an issue. We already know that he's basically made it in his contract that he's only wrestling part time. He's 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 not. Uh, he's not wrestling really on Raw. Not really on SmackDown. Which sucks. So, how do you book the man? I would say that's how you book him. You book him strong. You book him main event picture right away. Because now we got some challengers. Drew. Carrion. Bray Wyatt. Now you got some names. You know, now there's some some star power there. And I just got a text message. The ruthless aggressions are at my Oswego Walmart. Oh, shit. I know what I'm doing after the show. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Roman is like a very good person to throw Bray Wyatt at. They've actually had very good chemistry in the past. If you remember, they had that feud in 2015 where it culminated in that actually one of the better forgotten Hell in a Cell matches in WWE. The only thing that worries me with throwing Bray at Roman, and it's the one thing that I think fucked Bray a lot of the time while he was in WWE in his first run. Bray had the tendency to talk a lot of shit, but when it came to the big match, 
He never fucking won. You know, unless it was, and if he did win, it was never fucking clean. Remember, remember little Johnny? We talk about little Johnny a lot from Extreme Rules. You, you know, that that's the one thing that worries me. He can't just go on TV every week, talk all this shit, do these ominous promos, and then just fucking lose in the end. You know, he's got to... He's got to pick up a win eventually. And it can't just be once a year or every few months. He's got to be consistent. Yeah. Um, and that was the thing about The Undertaker. I'm talking early on, early 90s, mm-hmm. before Attitude era, era. He was a heel who didn't lose. If he lost, it was by DQ for whatever reason. He was a strong heel. If you're going to have strong heels, your heels can't lose. They got to win. They, you know, Baron Corbin is a strong heel, but in 2020, he won seven matches. You, you can't have your heels lose all the matches. The, the good guy has to lose too. So, I mean, I would sit here and say, Bray's got to come back strong and he can't lose for a while. He's just got to, he's got to be the, the, he's got to be the modern day Goldberg for a bit as a heel. You just got to, you got to let him, you got to let him win. And that's it. That's, that's how I would book him. Book him for clash or book him for uh clash at the castle. And, and that's how that goes. And, and that's what I would do. And then from there, you know, you make your graphic for Monday because now all the fans, now you got people interested. You're going to have a good viewership on Raw right there with that return alone. And uh, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, Justin, but I don't see the unified belt staying unified much longer, to be honest with you. Absolutely not. Neither do I. <laughs> um, and, and, Part of it's not because of the wrestling or, you know, they're not being competition for Roman because now there is. You have the Fox Network, which has SmackDown. USA Network has Raw. You see Roman a lot on SmackDown. And every once in a while defends the belt or wrestles a match. You don't really see him on Raw much. The USA Network wants a main championship on their show. And the last time this happened, they got what they wanted. With that being said, that is why I think we're going to see the title split up. Not because they don't know what to do with Roman or they're going to be like, hey, we're going to chill on this. We're going to split them up. You're still going to have one, though. Because we need that to happen for Roman versus Rock at WrestleMania Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You know? So, and fuck you for going already, by the way. You should have told me so I could have at least gotten a ticket with you. <laughs> well, 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 we'll get to that later. But uh, in the topic of USA and Fox and splitting the titles, you know... I said this back before they even made the match for WrestleMania when it was winner take all with Brock and Roman Reigns. USA and Fox have made it very clear since Fox has come into the picture a few years ago that they want their separate rosters. They want their separate champions. They don't want them mixing and, you know, 
they're just very they're very weird like that the best way i could describe fox and usa is they're fucking siblings fighting over the last cookie in the cookie jar at home you know it's like when do you remember last year roman reigns he couldn't make the hell in a cell pay-per-view to face Rey mysterio so they did the match on smackdown yeah yeah, and then USA came around a few days later and was like, oh, well, why does Fox get a Hell in a Cell match? We deserve a Hell in a Cell match, too. And then they did King or Xavier Woods and Lashley in the main event for, like, no fucking reason in a Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, yeah. You know, fucking get over it. That's so childish. And, and this idea of USA saying, oh, well, maybe we should have an interim champion if Roman Reigns is going to have both belts. How would you fucking even explain that on TV? Oh, we're going to have an interim champion because this other guy's holding our fucking title on, on the other show. That makes no fucking sense. Do they watch this product? No. No. Fuck, Bad man. Simple. So we got two more topics when it comes to WWE before we move on to AEW. I'm going to go over the uh, women's bracket for the women's tag team championship tournament that was announced Monday on Raw. You have Natalia and Sonya Deville. Man, Natty has more partners than Liv Morgan at this point. More than Cody. Yeah. They'll be taking on NXT's Zoe Stark and Nikita Lyons. I'm hoping they're the sleeper in this and win. You have Zai Lee and Shotzi. And Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah. The GOAT and Raquel. So you've got uh, the SmackDown side there. They, I would say, don't have enough women on the SmackDown side, so that's why they pulled up the NXT girls there. And then over on Raw, there was Tamina and Dana Brooke. As they took on Io Sky and Dakota Kai, and moving on into the tournament is Io Sky and Dakota Kai, because uh, yeah, Dana and Tamina just couldn't hang. In the next bracket, we had Alexa Bliss and Asuka, and obviously from that that car crash ordeal that we had saw Nikki Ash and Dewdrop. Obviously, we had already talked earlier that Alexa Bliss and Asuka had, were doing a promo on Raw. We saw the... Uh, hold on a second. My Alexa randomly started playing. Well, that maybe it's because you said Alexa Bliss. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, so we had Bliss and Asuka cutting a promo, oh, completely just overlooking Nikki and Dewdrop, which is fine, going right to EO and Dakota. So I'm expecting that ASH and Dewdrop stand no chance. We're going to see Alexa, Bliss, and Asuka. Anyway. You know what, dude? I'm starting to wonder. I'm, I, I think there's a reason. I think we're understanding the reason why Nikki Ash and Dewdrop were uh, by that car crash earlier. I think, I think it was a metaphor for the match with them and Alexa and Asuka next week. That's gonna be a crash. Yeah, it's gonna be a fucking car crash. Yeah. 
which is a shame because if you remember part of the reason why Sasha and Naomi wanted to not do what they were doing aside from the, the storyline that WWE was going to go with because seemingly it was Nikki A.S.H. and Dewdrop that they viewed as unsafe to work with. That's all right. It's just a little metaphor for next Monday, so it's fine. It's fine. You heard it here first. This is where, although I'm expecting for the finals, Justin, this is where Sasha and Naomi come out, and they have their titles. And they're like, hey... We're the real champs. So whoever wins, good luck. I, I think it's going to be Dakota and EO. I think it has to be. <laughs> yeah. And I think you're going to see Sasha and Naomi come out as the faces for this. Yeah. And the crowd's like... Although I'll tell you what, I wouldn't pay $130 and have to stand a whole room across and take my photo with Sasha Banks like some fans did at C2E2. You're nuts. Uh-huh. Like, yo, she got paid 30 grand, and the company that brought her in, I'm guessing, was the uh, Comic Con that did it at 130 a photo, whatever she was charging for an autograph. I'm sure they, I'm sure they did real well. Uh, it was, if you did notice that there were some fans that could get a little closer than others, but whatever. She, Sasha's made it clear she's not a person who likes her fans. When she has to take photos, she doesn't have to, but when she's taking photos at airports and hotels, she's never smiling. She always looks angry. And I'll defend, a... I'll defend it in this sense. There's a lot of fucking creeps out there who are wrestling. Oh, 100%. There's a, <laughs> I mean, I don't want anyone to take offense or you can take offense. I really don't care. If you look at us, we are some of the ugliest, fattest, stinkiest couldn't spell the word hygiene if it was in front of us written down in a big billboard alright like we're just not appeasing fans it is what it is but like some of these fans were like 10 feet apart from her like that's absolutely crazy in my mind I wouldn't pay for that it did look a little ridiculous after a while, yeah. <laughs> you know, like when we we had the inspiration, they had, they had just won the Impact Tag Team titles. We brought them to the big event, and we had them at Showcase of Legends as a main event in Albany, New York, you remember. I do. And a lot of fans were upset the fact that they wore their masks while taking the photos. I mean, it's the middle of a pandemic. You can think on how you want to think or, you know, listen to Trump and drink disinfectant. Fucking retards. Anyway. Um, there's just, there's only so much that, you know, you can do in these circumstances, but 10 feet away, like a whole fucking room apart. I even made a, a cropped a photo of like me as like a, a cover for like my Facebook, like I, she's on one side, I'm all the way on the other. Like, Hey, I, I met, I met Sasha Banks. I forgot oh, about God. that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like what the hell, man? 
you know, and, and she had made a comment one time, like years ago about fans and stuff like that in airports and whatnot. And, you know, Bubba had said, Bubba Ray Dudley had said it best. And as much as like a lot of people give Bubba slack for his attitude and the way he is, it was something on Twitter where he wrote, you know, you should really appreciate the fans that come up to you and want to meet you. Uh, while you're famous and this and that, because one day you're going to be in the airport and there's going to be nobody there. And no one's going to know who you are or anything you did. And I was like, wow, that, that kind of hits. Like, I mean, she even did it with a, 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 a little girl, like couldn't even get near her type deal. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. Anyway, uh, the last piece I have for this part of WWE is uh, Johnny Laurinaitis. Sha-na-na-na. Sha-na-na-na. Hey, hey, hey. Fuck you. Sha-na-na-na. 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 Hey, hey, hey. You're fine. Listen, kids, it's not personal. It's budget cuts. I don't make the decisions, kid. Okay? <laughs> that was pretty good. Thank you. People power. <laughs> yeah. We learned that Johnny Laurinaitis has been fired by WWE. And a lot of us are happy. As you see, we've already had huge changes in WWE thanks to Triple H. Stephanie McMahon, and we got to give some credit to Nick Khan. You can get a fuck you too, though. <laughs> you were part of the problem, let's be honest. Not, not going to deny that. But Triple H, you know, with Triple H, man, that is a man who genuinely cares about the business and watching it succeed. And he has gone above and beyond these since SummerSlam, since he's been back. And, and, and God bless him for it. I'm so happy. But one thing that sticks out too is with Roman wrestling part-time. We have seen guys like The Miz pick it up a little bit. But dude, Seth Rollins, love him or hate him, that man has been the workhorse for WWE. Like, nonstop. Dude, look, I, we, we got to get the title on Cody. I agree on that. I, I don't want Fury to just waste his cash in. But we gotta get the fucking title on Seth at some point, man. It's been it's been way too long and this guy's been busting his ass. He has been the workhorse. And like I said, love him or hate him. He the, this whole new thing he's doing, he is just so much better on the mic. I was never a fan. Of Seth Rollins and fans, you're going to be shocked when I hear this because if you go back and you listen to older episodes, if you've been listening since episode one, we're at episode 99, ladies and gentlemen, then you know I hate Seth Rollins. But you know what? You know what, Justin? It doesn't hurt me to say this. I am a Seth Rollins fan now. He has accepted the Messiah, everyone. I'm a huge fan, dude. His, as much as I don't like him, his voice kind of annoys me. 
the man has just stepped up. He, he's, even though he's not the main eventer, he's right now working that top mid-card type deal. The man can go on the mic. The man, everything he's doing in the ring, outside of the ring, it's just, it's just great work. I, I can't hate on it. In those suits that he wears, phenomenal. They're they're amazing, Justin. I don't know if you saw I, with me on the botched spots and chair socks. They did it on Twitch and YouTube. Uh, I have a Seth Rollins like sports jacket actually. Oh, it's yeah. uh, it's white. I saw the blood spatter. Yeah. Yeah, it's all dripped in blood and type deal. And uh, I wore that. I put my hair down, and I was. You can even see on our TikTok, I did one of those transformation things, ladies and gentlemen, TikTok.com or the app perched on the top rope. Uh, and you can see me on there, and it, it did really well. Uh, we, we were almost at 1,000 followers on there, and we've jumped, like, in the last two weeks, like, 2,500 likes, which is, which is good because I don't really know what I'm doing on there, to be honest with you. I just... Go check it out because you can see the Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, get humped by a dog. So, yeah. I Dude, I, I just think he's probably the better thing going for WWE right now, Seth Rollins. Absolutely. And like I said, I, I hope they find a way to just, you know, give him the world title or the universal whenever they split those titles up. And because that guy's just been, he's been doing phenomenal work for the last year and a half or so. Yeah. And now we're going to get to the AEW portion of the show. This is a terrible transition, but let's talk about a lot of these AEW people here. First and foremost, unfortunately, Chris Statlander announces that she has to have knee surgery again. She had just come back not too long ago. And yeah, dude. Kind of sucks. It does. There's no other no other way to describe it. You know, it she's they've been subtly building her up for something big, whether it be the TBS title or the woman's world title. And as they said on Dynamite this past week, she is she was the number one contender for the woman's title against Thunder Rose. That probably was going to be the direction they would have went in it all out. But, you know, with the injury, Tony Storm is now number one contender. It looks like it's going to be Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa. And Chris Statlander, we don't know when she's going to be back. We don't know how severe the knee injury is, if it's as bad as the first one. Because I think, I believe the first one was an ACL tear. She was about out for about a year. So it's nothing where we may see her within the next few months, which is unfortunate. Yeah. And we wish her the best. AEW has been plagued with injuries. We saw that. And a lot of people are out. We did get a return on AEW Dynamite with CM Punk. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Yep. Show it off. What's this? <laughs> this like the fifth fifth in a row now for you? Sixth in a row? Uh, th- this one, if you count the legends, yeah. It, actually, I don't even know what the fuck we're at. Oh my god! <laughs> but I am holding a one of five thousand CM Punk unmatched series four figure. 
I am over the moon about it. Just came today, and I am very ecstatic seeing as CM Punk has returned last night. And now I got to order another one from Ringside, the regular one, because I do not have that now. We'll be talking more about that on Tuesday. Oh, absolutely. On Perched on the Top Shelf, ladies and gentlemen, for episode four, which you can catch on YouTube at youtube.com slash perched on the top rope or Apple Podcast, Perched on the Top Rope. So, also on AEW Dynamite, we saw Miro. He's doing this thing with uh, Malachi Black and Brody King and uh, Buddy Matthews and, and Julia Hart with with their their faction and he said something along the lines of like he's accepting the darkness but to like take them down so like he accepted to join the group but he wants to take them down with and then he like walked off there's been a lot of rumors that uh he's actually not happy in AEW I've not seen it confirmed, but I've also not seen it denied. My honest opinion when it comes to Miro compared to being Rusev in WWE, at least you were on TV every week. Yeah. You know, I I really don't know what else to say there. Uh, Another thing, uh, Stu Grayson had done an interview talking about AEW Dark, how really none of the wrestlers want to wrestle on AEW Dark. Going, you know, he said for all his matches he had on AEW Dark, he would have traded them all for 15 minutes on TV. You're you're going from, you know, TV to a YouTube, basically. And a lot of the wrestlers, I guess, according to him, look at it as like, they don't want to do it. And with that being said, that's, you know, kind of like Rampage, we've started to see less and less of the popular stars on there, which we've seen the ratings go down and down. Uh, it's kind of like the WCW Thunder, you know, where uh, we've interviewed Kevin Nash and, you know, in the interview he had said, we didn't want to go on it. We didn't want to do it, so we didn't. And that's where you saw the NWOB team, like Stevie Ray, Disco Inferno. You would see Scott Hall here and there pop up, you know, but it was like guys like Scott Norton and Virgil and stuff like that. And I would say on Rampage, you're seemingly getting the same thing. You're getting the B squad of of the wrestling of of the of the roster that that's on TV. But you brought up a a good point off screen, even though it's. You know, it, in my eyes, it's seemingly being like that. Someone who is a actual personal friend is Sonny Kiss. And the last time we saw Sonny Kiss on TV was... I couldn't even tell you, man. It, it was against Kenny Omega, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, the, it was in that tournament. Yeah, which was 2019? Uh, 2020. It was right before... Okay. Actually, that was the tournament to determine who was going to face or excuse me that was the eliminator tournament where omega and hegman faced off in the finals at full gear and then omega won the title at winter is coming like a few weeks later yeah 
So that that was 2020. So it's been a few years regardless. Yeah. Uh, I would have said that Sonny Kiss should have joined the baddies. I think she would have been a great fit with Jade Cargill and stuff like that. But uh, you guys are going to find out on Rampage unless our Perch correspondent here wants to go against our spoiler freeze, the way to be. You know what? I think I shall. So, if you are planning on watching Rampage this week, I'm going to give you five seconds to click off this, pause it, or skip ahead by three minutes. Okay. If you haven't clicked off, fuck you. So anyway, (laughs) Sunny Kiss, as we saw, is scheduled to face Parker Boudreaux on Rampage this week. The former Harlan from NXT. Now, Sunny Kiss does compete in that match. She loses. But later in the night, Ari Ari Davari, man, what a fucking name. Ari Davari is uh, facing Orange Cassidy in the main event of Rampage. And Sonny Kiss turns heel and is now a part of the Trustbusters faction with Ari Davari, Parker Boudreaux, and Slim J, wherever he came from. I don't even know what the fuck a Slim J is. Slim Jim, maybe? I don't know. But, yeah, so they, they do have a direction for Sonny Kiss, and I'm, I'm interested to see where they go with it. Because I, I, don't, I, don't I don't know what to think of this, uh, this Trustbusters faction yet. There hasn't been much of them on TV so it's hard to kind of make an opinion of them so far. Yeah. I mean, time will tell. But we, when you have a roster so large, I don't see an issue of having a lot of factions. But this is where if, I would hope AEW would take notice here. Have a pay-per-view. A or like a special event on 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 Dynamite, or make it a series, AEW Faction Wars. Now we 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 know that they're doing the trios titles, which is great. That can be part of a fact, you know, a faction of more than three people. But you know, those the three people that win defend them type deal. We we know that. Um, but with so many factions in AEW, you can have one-on-one matches, tag teams. You you can take a person from each group and have a battle royal winner faces so-and-so champion type deal. I think it would be awesome. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I'm very adamant about it. I don't think tag team wrestling and, you know, factions don't get enough love in wrestling. It's unfortunate. I agree, hundred dude. They they just don't. They they don't get enough love. And I, I love tag team wrestling. It's it's one of it's some of my favorite. To be honest with you, absolutely. But uh, you know, we have something big coming up next week, ladies and gentlemen. We have episode one hundred. I can't. This many. ladies and gentlemen uh we're going to be playing some games we're going to possibly be going live from zoom onto facebook maybe youtube we're not sure yet we're going to figure that out and let you all know 
But ladies and gentlemen, episode 100 is going to be awesome. We have some guests coming on that we've had on other shows. I will not name who, but anytime we've had these guests, they're very enjoyable to have on. So make sure you tune in next week for episode 100. We're, we're pumped for it. it. It's going to be a great time. Make sure you tune in. And man, just remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be. But remember, you can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. You can find us on Facebook as we have just hit 10,000 likes this morning. Thank you, fans. We appreciate it. We love all the support you give us. It's facebook.com slash perched on the top rope. You can find us on Instagram at perched on the top rope podcast, Twitter at perched top rope, TikTok perched on the top rope. You can find us anywhere and everywhere podcasts can be found from Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher. Podbean, Podbay, Red Circle, you name it, we're there. It's perched on the top rope. Ladies and gentlemen, episode four of Perched on the Top Shelf drops every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple. You can also find it on YouTube because it is a figure show and the visuals are really cool. So make sure Wednesday you tune in for that. And make sure every Friday you tune in for the podcast Perched on the Top Rope. Ladies and gentlemen, as I said before, spoiler freeze, the way to be. We're out. See you guys.